far too many people's feelings, and worse, he seemed to enjoy it. What is it? Banks grunted. It had better be good. It's good, sir. You'll like it. Banks could hear traces of obsequious excitement in Templeton's voice. Since their last run-in, the young DS had tried to ingratiate himself in various ways, but this kind of phony, breathless deference was too Uriah Heap for Banks' liking. Why don't you just tell me, said Banks. Do I need to get dressed? He held the phone away from his ear as Templeton laughed. I think you should get dressed, sir, and make your way down to Taylor's Yard as soon as you can. Taylor's Yard, Banks knew, was one of the narrow passages that led into the maze, which riddled the south side of the town centre behind Eastvale's Market Square. It was called a yard, not because it resembled a square or a garden in any way, but because some bright spark had once remarked that it wasn't much more than a yard wide. And what will I find there? he asked. Body of a young woman, said Templeton. I've checked it out myself. In fact, I'm there now. You didn't? I didn't touch anything, sir. And between us, PC Forsyth and me have got the area taped off and sent for the doctor. Good, said Banks, pushing aside the Sunday Times crossword he had hardly started, and looking longingly at his still steaming cup of black coffee. Have you called the super? Not yet, sir. I thought I'd wait until you had a butcher's. No sense in jumping the gun. All right, said Banks. Detective Superintendent Catherine Gervaise was probably enjoying a lion after a late night out to see Orfeo at Opera North in Leeds. Banks had seen it on Thursday with his daughter Tracy and enjoyed it very much. He wasn't sure whether Tracy had. She seemed to have turned in on herself these days. I'll be there in half an hour, he said. Three quarters at the most. Ring D.I. Cabot and D.S. Hatchley, and get D.C. Jackman there too. D.I. Cabot's still on loan to Easton, sir? Of course. Damn. If this was a murder, Banks would have liked Annie's help. They might have problems on a personal level, but they still worked well as a team. Banks went upstairs and showered and dressed quickly. Then, back in the kitchen, he filled his travel mug with coffee to drink on the way, making sure the top was pressed down tight. More than once, he'd had a nasty accident with a coffee mug. He turned everything off, locked up, and headed for the car. He was driving his brother's Porsche, Though he still didn't feel especially comfortable in such a luxury vehicle, he was finding that he liked it better each day. Not so long ago, he had thought of giving it to his son Brian, or to Tracy, and that idea still held some appeal. The problem was that he didn't want to make one of them feel left out or less loved, so the choice was proving to be a dilemma. Brian's band had gone through a slight change of personnel recently, and he was rehearsing with some new musicians. Tracy's exam results had been a disappointment to her, though not to Banks, and she was passing her time rather miserably working in a bookshop in Leeds and sharing a house in Headingley with some old student friends. So, who deserved a Porsche? He could hardly cut it in half. Outside, he found it had turned windy and cool, so he went back to switch his sports jacket for his zip-up leather jacket. If he was going to be standing around in the back alleys of Eastvale, while the Sockos, the photographer and the police surgeon, did their stuff, he might as well stay as warm as possible. Once snug in the car, he started the engine and set off through Gratley, 
down the hill to Helmthorpe and on to the Eastvale Road. He plugged his iPod into the adapter, on shuffle, and Ray Davies' All She Wrote came on, a song he particularly liked, especially the line about the big Australian barmaid. That would do for a Sunday morning drive to a crime scene, he thought. It would do just fine. Gilbert Downey didn't particularly like walking the dog. He did it, but it was a chore. The whole thing was one of those typical family decisions gone wrong. His daughter, Kylie, had wanted a puppy, had talked about nothing else since she was eight. Finally, Gilbert and Brenda had given in and bought her one for her birthday, though Brenda wasn't especially fond of dogs, and they sometimes made her sneeze. A few years later, Kylie had lost interest and moved on to boys and pop music, so it was now left to him, Gilbert, to take care of...